Let's Podcast. I'm Joe Giglio. That is not Joe Ovius. That is that Brownlow lady, Lauren Brownlow, in for Joe Ovius today, who's still in Detroit. Does he live there now? On a, on a great American <laughs> hockey trip. He did get to see Metallica last Whoa. night in concert over okay. at Ford Field with some of our winnings from the OG gambling syndicate. So I'm sure we'll get into that tomorrow, though. Uh, we are here in the beautiful Eford Studios, thanks to our friends at Empire Properties, Empire Eats. Greg Hatem does such a great job in downtown Raleigh. I just had coffee from the Morning Times. Do yourself a favor. Go over there. Get some coffee. I'm not rubbing it in. Lauren, I promise. It's okay. You checked with me at least I to did. see if I could handle coffee. I still cannot, for the record. And of course, our presenting sponsor is Copiers Plus. That's copiers-plus.com. Drew and his crew down in Fayetteville. They're in Garner. You don't know what you don't know. So if you're trying to save money as a small business, as we are here with OG Media, look, your print and digital management, I don't know the first thing about it, but I do know if you go to copiers-plus, you can save yourself some money. I feel like the ACC should go to copiers-plus.com in order to figure out not only their replay system, but potentially how their officials work each game <laughs> because there is a lot, a lot of official officiating angst. There is a lot of consternation about North Carolina's 47-45 overtime win over Duke. And quite frankly, Lauren, I feel like there's not just like one Brian Underwood smoking gun call from this game that have Duke fans riled up. Yeah. Rather, potentially a series of calls in the second half and then and then overtime of this game. Yeah. What was your? I I have one main takeaway from this game, uh, but we'll, <laughs> but that's an off the field one. So, what was your main on field takeaway from this game? Did, do you think the officials cost the Blue Devils in this game? I mean, the one I'll say this: maybe it was built up too much because I did not watch it live. I had other plans already, you know, before they deigned to announce game times, which right. I'm still annoyed by that whole process. But whatever, it's fine. Uh, I already had plans, so I wasn't going to be able to watch it. I watched it yesterday, and maybe it had just been built up so much to me that I was just kind of like, "Oh, <laughs> like is that?" I mean, I, I hate to say like, "Oh, is that it?" I, I will say this though: right, there was no like <laughs> one call. Maybe the interception like, that wasn't, wasn't an interception. E the the, the, yeah. the conjoined. Uh... Possession. Like, I get, uh, yeah, or like maybe it was being bobbled. Maybe they regained control. I, I don't know. I, I will say this. I agreed with Tim Hasselbeck in the sense that, and I, I generally do this season. I think he's done a great job alongside West Durham, two of two of our very best. Yes. We love them. But um, you know, when he kind of said, "I was surprised it wasn't reviewed." Completely agree with that. That was a stunner to me. Like it's a big call in the moment. If I totally understand that part of it um would they have overturned it i'm not so sure and he said the same thing so i don't so like yes that was a little bit like huh um for sure like that they didn't at least review it i do understand completely the the angst around that i don't know that i would look at it and go oh i know for sure that that's what happened you know what i mean like i don't yeah. know that i would go oh yeah it would have definitely been a pick i don't know that i feel that way but at the same time like i get why people are upset they didn't review it and then the ineligible downfield, I don't know. I, I, College yeah, I football just, asked for this when they changed their rule to allow linemen to be three yards downfield. Right. The rule, man, you, you're leaving way too much open to interpretation. That's the thing, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not telling Duke fans to get over it. I'm not telling Duke fans you weren't, you don't have a gripe. But to me, there is a difference between having a series of calls, right? right. And this will tie in nicely to uh, one of my continuing conversations <laughs> that I love to have with people. Because it was pointed out to me yeah. going back to Thursday when Louisville, Louisville beat Virginia 
our good friend Josh Goodson said to me, if you'd like to compare how a ranked Louisville team right. was just treated at home to NC State being I ranked mean, last year against Boston College, by all means, go ahead. Because I do think for the most part, ranked teams at home late in the season get the benefit of the doubt. Well, that's a, it's a thing. It's just weird, though. It, no, what I like, here's the thing that I laughed at, though, right? In Except the Louisville one, State. especially. Well, see, and then <laughs> that passenger here was so bad. Here's the problem, right? Don't chalk up to like agenda what you can just chalk up to incompetence. Sure. That's the mistake everyone makes. I don't like half these times these guys couldn't find their way out of a paper bag and you expect them to be perpetrating this vast conspiracy <laughs> to like it's like you said, it's more of an unconscious bias, I think is what it is. Oh, and okay, PS, like, like do you know what I said bias. to myself? Do you know <laughs> do you know what I said to myself too? Like, right, like the home team yeah. part of it. Exactly. There but there are some refs. I mean, it's different sport, but like Carl Hess. They, they kind of enjoy the they little do. rise they get out of the home crowd. When the home crowd's super like into it, the momentum's going, everybody's going crazy. They love calling a touch foul on the perimeter to shut you up and remind you who's boss around here, right? But who's the, really controlling exactly. the game. <laughs> but for the most part, yes, there is that whole like, I don't want to be, you know, the subconscious thing of like, it's the home crowd. I don't want them to hate me. It's a top 25 team, whatever. The, the Louisville game, though, there was at least one of those calls that I was like, oh, wow, look at the ACC finally acting like a proper conference. <laughs> Because a lot of times I don't feel like they do that. Like you would be surprised. Like there, if anything, sometimes the bad calls will go against the right. time, and you're going, "Hey, this doesn't look like Bama's SEC." Like, what are you doing here? Like, help yourself <laughs> out. Help me. Right. They don't help, help them enough. It's just it's incompetence. It's not it's not an agenda or anything. Like it's not a conscious thing. It's just mistakes. Con a concert. They, yeah. Or, yeah. It's not like an intentional thing. It's just I, mistakes. One more on the field takeaway from this game for Carolina. They go up. I did. So I was in and out on this game. You know me and my sleep patterns. But I, Amari <laughs> yeah. and Hampton scores to make it 26-14. And I even said to myself, uh-oh, Carolina now has a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. I actually te I texted Obvious <laughs> at the moment because I know the out I know it goes to overtime. And I'm like, it is hilarious. Like only Carolina would like, I know the outcome now. So I know it goes to overtime. It's like a 12-point lead with 12. Of course, that's not enough. In the you fourth know, quarter. Of course, that's not so enough. I will say this for them. <laughs> Remember now, they had the double-digit lead against Virginia. Couldn't hold it. Oh, they yeah, had a they... double-digit lead against Georgia yep. Tech. Couldn't hold it. So I actually do think this is progress for Carolina, even the even the way that it closes, even the allowing was Duke better. Yeah, it was not Georgia Tech where they literally looked like they didn't even know how to line up. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that bad this time around. They, they allowed some plays, sure, and Duke made plays. I was going to say That's this is Duke give made Duke plays. credit for making plays. I felt more that way this time. Oh, Georgia Tech made plays too. I'm not saying they didn't, but sure. like literally, Carolina was like, "Ooh, I don't even." Uh, like they were running around like they had no idea what they were supposed to be doing. That was not the case as much this time. Duke made plays. Obviously, Carolina's defense isn't great. We all understand that. But I, I did not think it was nearly as bad defensively. It was Duke stepping up and making plays. And this is a tough Duke team. Like, they never give up. They will never make it easy. Drake May finishes with 342 passing yards. Hampton with 169 yeah. rushing yards. He's now second in the Oof, FBS. He looked great. I was surprised. He, he did look really he, good. I mean, because Duke's front is no joke. Let's tip uh, tip of the hat too to Grayson Loftus. Jordan is, Waters looked really good as well. Who is Duke's third string quarterback? Three touchdowns, no interceptions yeah. in this game. Made some big time Th throws. This was a classic was fun. back and forth fun football game, which gets me to our off. That the was field my takeaway. Away. That was the thing. Yeah. Like I was like, this was a great game. And this is all I'm getting in my mentions the next day is like, look out for this thing. I'm like, how about I just look out for how awesome this game was? It kind of ruled. Well, the other thing <laughs> was the gatekeeping for Carolina fans. To, for their oh. ability to celebrate. Oh, 
God. I'm they not- stormed the field. It was an exciting game. It was a big game. Also, probably Drake their- May's last home game. Yeah. Oh, well, it definitely is Drake May's last home game. Like, they also, they always lose those games. They had been losing <laughs> these games. They find a way to win it. And last, unless it's Duke. And also kind of lastly, know. like in, in the, the students who are at this game, in their heads, Duke is their rival. Like you yeah. can't, you can't, you can't like yeah, no, turn you're not that wrong. off in their no. brain. Like, yeah, Duke's our rival. We just beat our rival in a crazy game on a Saturday night. It's late night. Let's be honest. Some more than a few of them are probably a little oh, yeah. bit liquored up and, uh, and, and excited. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let people celebrate. Like I, I saw way too many people on my timeline. I can't believe you rushed the field. You're a double digit favorite. This and that. It's like, Oh, come now. Just, no, let, you know, just, just Ob- let them have their fun. Obviously, college students should be wondering what the opinion of random sports media personalities on the internet is. Absolutely not. <laughs> Who cares? I don't care. As long as they don't hurt anybody when they storm, especially other yeah. players. That's honestly my or biggest punch thing. punch anybody or do anything stupid. I, I've seen a lot of nonsense this mm-hmm. year, especially like t- trying to take a selfie with a... D- I mean, I, I'm sorry. Someone's getting punched, but that's yeah. a, another conversation different, altogether. Different yes. one. Carolina, by the way, stays alive in the ACC race with this win. I'll explain. I mean, technically, but I will explain how that works when we get to Hey Joe. All of our conversations in college football this year are brought to you by Wings Over. That's Wings Over Raleigh, Wings Over Chapel Hill, Wings Over Greenville. Ryan Malley and his crew do an unbelievable job. Lauren, you know how difficult navigating Hillsborough Street can be. Uh, if a restaurant had free parking in the back and you were able to order on wingsover.com yeah. and go and I'm in. park for free and make it Ooh, really easy free. and go pick up your food, yes, um, that would be a really good thing. And not to mention the food is outstanding. The wings are amazing. So do yourself a favor. Head over to wingsover.com and get yourself an order and get ready for the rest of this college football season. That wasn't the only news tangentially related to the Duke Carolina football game on Saturday night. Okay. Let us strain for our transition here, Lauren, because <laughs> fine. on Sunday morning, the big news on the Twitters, the Twitter face, the snap face was Jimbo Fisher being fired <laughs> by Texas A&M. I'm not laughing. I'm sorry. I, I, that's terrible. I'm not laughing at Jimbo Fisher well, a little. You um, can. It's fine. I'm not laughing Let, at him getting fired, to be clear. No, but to be clear, there's a difference between Ovius and I getting fired on a random Wednesday and right, right. Jimbo Fisher getting $76 million to go away. Okay? When, we've, think, we've talked about this before on the program. There, there's levels to being fired. Look, I think a lot not of Not that us, we're celebrating anybody correct. getting fired. <laughs> right. Like, if we're you're going to be fired, be karma. <laughs> this is the best way. Absolutely. Um. I do think it's, I mean, it's funny that like, I think Nick Saban can't stand him. So he's not going to be able to go to Saban rehab, Saban school for wayward former coaches or whatever you want to call it. Um, But he, I think every, from the moment they gave him this contract, so many of us were like, why would you like, there is no incentive in it for Jimbo to do anything other than play on his phone during a football game. It is all fully guaranteed. Like I wouldn't have done anything if you gave me that contract, not a thing. Not one thing ever. So the original deal was 10 years, 7.5 million per year. So $75 million in 2021, when LSU uh, decided to ultimately part ways with Ed Orgeron, the job came open. Jimbo had been a, an assistant there. So the thought was, uh Oh, Texas A&M, we're going to lose Jimbo to LSU. Mm-hmm. So they gave him another deal and get, extended him out 10 years, which ultimately gives us this number of $76 million, which by the way, Thanks to Jimmy, 
Sexton cannot be offset. Nope. So even if a, a Big Ten school is dumb enough to hire Jimbo Fisher, because I don't think any ACC school is no. dumb enough to hire Jimbo no. Fisher at no. this point. Because the thing is, they knew when he left yes. that there were problems. Correct. And when Texas he left A&M people yes. didn't want to accept that, and they thought it was just because he's at Florida State and because they don't want to give him any money, and that was not It's the because case. they're poor and they can't afford it, and it's like... Eh, that's no, not that really the reason. And everybody around here knew that. And everybody was saying that at the time. Were we not? We were like, yes. this is going to be a problem. Look out. And sure enough, it played out almost exactly like we all thought it would, didn't it? Yes. So let's go to the yellow pad. Was <laughs> We all know the answer. Was Jimbo Fisher worth it? Um, absolutely not. 45 and 25 in parts of six Jeez. seasons at ATM. 27 and 21 in the SEC. That's Never, actually better than I would have thought. Yeah, on a curve, sure. Right. Uh, <laughs> SEC is more difficult than the ACC, but ranked twice, finished the season ranked twice, including 2020, where he tried to whine his way into the playoff. Oh, um, but they ended, so up, they ended up fourth that year after absolutely boat racing Carolina in the Orange Oh, Bowl. but that game was close for three quarters without in Carolina having half its roster. <laughs> no one played for Carolina in that game. And, they still, and it was still a one-score game <laughs> in the third. Like, I mean, I know some people set out for A&M as well, but not as, like, Carolina had, like, almost no one playing, and they still, except for Sam Howell, and they still, like, it was a game going, like, late in the third quarter it was crazy what kind of now his numbers at florida state 83 and 23 48 and 16 that even includes that last year where he had like openly quit on the team uh-huh in 2017 and that was the other thing we had all seen so it was like why do you not think he would do this to you especially when you give him all this money guaranteed but his first seven years at florida state they win the acc yeah. three times they win the national title they make the playoff they're ranked in the top 10 th uh, four of those seven years. I get why Texas A&M did what they did, but I also get well, why Florida State was like, okay. <laughs> do you think they watched all of those? Like, do you think they watched the way the Fisher era played out or did they just no. see that? Okay, that's the thing. No. That's the difference. That's why we know. Because they, he went 27 and one with... Jameis Winston as his quarterback. Correct. And he had a quarterback <laughs> prior to that, a couple that he did never fully trusted and would never let loose and literally cost them at least one game that we both saw in person. <laughs> right. The, the butt fumble. Mm -hmm. The NC yeah. State game. Yes. yes. In 2012, which was one of the most absurd games I've still ever seen. Yeah. Christian Ponder. Well, 10 or 11 was the butt fumble. 12 was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that was the Ponder's butt game. fumble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an obvious that Texas A&M blundered their way. They won't even drop. It won't even be a drop in the bucket for them to pay the $76 million. That's fine. It, it's, it's funny Which is money. It's depressing in its own right, but that's... Yeah, it's funny money know. in its own way. But it does bring us to the question about what will Texas A&M do next? And immediately, one of the first names that was brought up, now here comes the tangent to the right. Duke and Carolina game, Mike Elko. Of course. Mike Elko worked as a defensive coordinator for Texas A&M. Yep. When we look at the year where they had their most success, Mike Elko was there for that. That was Carolina. Yeah, that was the year they played Carolina, right? 2020. So yeah. there's logic there if you're a Texas A&M person. But I say, Lauren, as someone who's from the state of New Jersey, who is someone in Mike Elko's age range, yeah. and it has a similar life experience, obviously don't have his um, well, resume yeah, or yeah. bank account. <laughs> but I, I was pretty adamant yesterday on Twitter that I don't think Mike Elko will leave Duke, which is a low-pressure Power 5 job. Right. Okay, we don't have his exact number, but I would imagine he makes between 5 and $7 million a year at Duke. 
Because remember, he got a new contract after yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. And, and the going Duke, rate is Duke basically five million dollars. Duke has more money than y'all think. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I don't think not Duke's going to outspend <laughs> Texas A and no, I'm not saying that, not. but I think he will stay at Duke. He will turn down Texas A and M if it is offered to him because I think he's too smart to leave a good situation with security, with right? security and a quarterback, yep. where he can make a little bit of hay and then have better choices than. And I get it. Nobody's offered me $100 million guaranteed. I get it. I understand that. And All I'm like, saying, though, is I think this is a Ivy League educated man who I think is going to look at yeah. all of the all of the, the angles here and not just the, oh, I'm going to cash out and take the money from Texas A&M. Because quite frankly, Texas A&M had a window when they left Texas and Oklahoma from the Big 12. They had a window without those two behemoths, without their gigantic rivals. They got Johnny Manziel. They made a bunch of money. They hired uh, Jimbo Fisher. Ultimately, they never won anything. I know. Yeah. And now that window's closed. Not not only do you have to start dealing with Texas and Oklahoma again, but yeah, Alabama's not going anywhere. LSU's not going anywhere. Georgia's not going anywhere. So the chances of Mike Elko leaving Duke and going to Texas A&M and having success at the level that Texas A&M wants I think is very, it's a very, very slim margin. I agree. I tend to agree with that. I think the balancing act though, that coaches like a Mike Elko, like a Dave Clawson, it should a Dave Clawson want to eventually take a different job. I don't know that he would necessarily want that, but that's the balancing act. I think that coaches that do want a bigger quote unquote, bigger job, right. That's the balancing act that they have to kind of like perform, right. Is like, okay, when do I leave? Because if you wait too long, then you don't get a choice anymore. Yeah. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying Mike Elko is Duke for life. Right. And I'm, yeah. I'm I think saying we both he will that. have better options. I agree. Than going to Texas A&M. I completely Even agree. for an obscene amount of money. Yes. I, I tend to agree with that as well. Like, I just don't, I mean, why would you want that in your life? Like, why? Why would you want that in your life when you have a situation that's a lot more manageable right where you are, or even you could wait for a different job, a more desirable job or not desirable. That's the wrong way to put it. Maybe because then there's all this talk about what kind of job is that? And people are getting all, I don't don't think there's any, there's, I don't think you're stepping out of line by impugning Texas A&M for having unreasonable expectations, even with all of their advantages financially. I mean, I guess in a sense they did give Jimbo a while. Six years. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a long time by, by their standards. That's a long time for a guy. Now here's the other part of where I'm, I feel confident about, I'm not claiming Mike Elko and I are great friends or hanging out or we even text. I'm not, I'm not claiming any of those things. I would just say to you, Mike Elko grew up in the state of New Jersey where, where I grew up and and very similar experiences. And we both played high school football and have like this, you know, reverential uh, belief in the Northeast a little bit, if you will. He also worked at Notre Dame. Right. A lot of people from New Jersey are either Penn State or Notre Dame fans. Okay. If this was Penn State, I think he's gone. If this For, is yeah. if this is Notre Dame, he's gone. Now, could Texas A and M? No, not Rutgers. <laughs> if Texas A and M were to hire James Franklin, then you're in trouble. Oh no, that's a new leader in the clubhouse for me. For okay. funniest hire, they could that make. would be hysterical. Okay, but it's 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 in play. I just also think like Texas is a. We saw this in basketball with uh, Shaka Smart. Chaka Smart should have taken the state job after VCU and did right. not. Right. You see it a lot. Because he you was do... sabotaged. Oh. <laughs> He's the sabotage coach. Right. But he went to Texas and he learned right quick. Yeah. 
when you are in Texas, you play by the Texas rules. Right. You recruit the, the Houston AAU players. You don't get your tough kids from Baltimore. Exactly. You don't get your tough kids from D.C. and, and have great guards and play the way that you want to play. You got to play by Texas's rules. Mike Elko right now has coached up a bunch of Cutcliffe leftovers at Duke. A bunch. Yeah. And in a great way. Yeah, for sure. Hey, but he, and brought in some of his own as and well. So, yeah, and, yeah. and he's played well in the portal as well. Mm -hmm. When he goes to Texas, all of a sudden you are on your hands and knees trying to get five-star players from Texas, from Alabama, thing, from LSU. Right? Like, I, and that is yeah. not a game I see Mike Elko wanting to play, like, even I, for $100 million. I, I hear Texas A&M's money argument, and it does matter. Like, obviously yeah. it matters in college football. But, like, I'm sorry. If I'm 18 and you're asking me, like, would I rather be in College Station to go to college or any of those places that are more high profile than you and in your same conference and geographically? like, You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, I don't know why... People would think that, like, what would get me just because your fans are quote like are so great? I don't know. Maybe everybody has good fans. Like, I don't understand why that. Like, what would put you over the top then? Just because you have more money? Like, no. And just to shoot down one more tangent from this because it was mentioned on my timeline, I do believe by a state fan, Jimbo Fisher is not going to Carolina. Okay, <laughs> Mac. Uh, Wait, Mac what? Brown, yeah, because they're saying, oh, Jimbo should go to Carolina. Well, listen. You know, I say Mike Elko. I say Mike Elko is very smart. Bubba Cunningham, also very smart. Yeah. So in the event that Mac Brown at 72 years old decides he beats, you know, state in his last game and he wants to walk this thing off, fine. Bubba Cunningham is not hiring Jimbo Fisher, people. They, I promise you that as look, well. <laughs> you, you might want to give care you might give Carolina fans grief for, you know, maybe not being into as as much football as somebody else, but they uh, trust me, they know enough to know that that would be a disastrous hire. For them. No doubt. Like, are you kidding me? People would be <laughs> furious. They watched them too. Yeah. Like I said, there is no logical landing point for landing point for a Jimbo coordinator Fisher. and that's it. Uh, maybe a big 10 team gets desperate or a, uh, a new big 12. One Jimbo of the new to Minnesota, one of the new big 12 schools. Like I, I think Arizona and Arizona state just made new hires. So it's not going to be one of them. Like yeah. I say, there's not a lot of logical spots for him other than like some desperate big 10. School. Do you think he has it in him to just like wait it out? I don't think he does because these either. coaches, no, when know. they get out, the ego, they panic, and yep. it's their ego, and they think it won't turn back to them. So they'll they'll pretty much glom onto any port in the storm. Yeah, something to follow as the season goes along. You know, I people ask Joe and I often, Lauren, how could we help you in your OG media venture? And I always tell them, support the people who support us. Hayes Lancaster is the OG OG. What does that mean? Well, he was the first person with Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority to join us as an advertiser when we started this podcast six months ago now. Do you know what Wednesday is, Lauren? What's that? Our 100th episode. Aww. Your heart will be warmed, Lauren. Spoiler, my favorite coach and your favorite coach <gasps> will be joining us what? on Wednesday. Who? His middle initial is F. <gasps> And he has a belt that I enjoyed tremendously. Yes. That's Wednesday, though. Spoilers. Shh. Back to Hayes Lancaster, who supports us. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Go check out bugsbite.com. You got moisture under your house. You got mice in the attic. It's not just spraying for insects in the summer. There's all kinds of issues. Hayes is the OG. OG doesn't believe in contracts, but he does believe in saving you money. So go to bugsbite.com. Do yourself a favor. Take care of your house, which is your number one investment. And while football tailgate season is winding down, it is the holiday season. Lauren, I don't know if you're a turkey person or not. 
for Thanksgiving? Um, are you a are you a big bird believer? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> makes me feel like, like I'm does it have bird. to be turkey uh, on Thanksgiving? It doesn't have to be, but um, I actually enjoy like if we're gonna do turkey, like getting the Popeyes one. Okay, that's really good. Okay, um, well they're not a sponsor, but oh. the butcher's market is. <laughs> all you have to do is look at the streets. The butcher's market has all of your it alternative. It has to be a good turkey. Is the point I was trying to make? It needs to be a good quality turkey. It cannot just be any turkey. That would not Correct. just be any turkey. To Correct. be fair, the butcher's market has all of your alternative turkey needs, alternative man. Turkey. You want to go prime rib? You want to go New York strip steak? Oh yeah, you want to yeah, do yeah. it up big? Go to the butcher's market. Also, anything this holiday season. Join the Steak of the Month Club. I'm telling you people, all of the things they have at the butcher's market are only top quality. And speaking of top quality, have you seen the new satin jackets from Home Field Apparel? Yes. Oh my gosh. Those look incredible. They look amazing. I mean, how does one not for Christmas get your favorite dad, your favorite <laughs> mom, your favorite person? A Because we're trying to get Joe's dad, the Miami jacket, because oh, originally yes. it wasn't issued. They had only had like the Big East and some Big 12 teams, but yeah, now yeah. they have Miami. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to homefieldapparel.com. We're going to use the promo code OG23. We're going to save 15% off on our initial purchase. We're going to get that bomber jacket for Hernando, no longer Ernie. He's IBM Ernie. Right? I think I got that one right. So hopefully we got that one right. Um, the jacket's coming his way. Get yourself your own jacket. Get yourself a hoodie. Get yourself shirts, hats, you name it. They have all, all kinds of great stuff. They've got like old school logos and stuff. It's super cool. It's homefieldapparel.com. All right, Lauren, let's talk about the Wolfpack because I wonder now after three straight wins, mm -hmm. after reinserting Brennan Armstrong into the starting lineup, after the way that he played in a 26 to six win over Wake Forest, are we now venturing into in year 11 Dave Doran's best work yet? Now that the Wolfpack are that. seven and three, because I had, I had already forgotten that their starting running back also benched himself after three games this year in Jordan Houston. Oh, right. Their starting quarterback in November decided to bench himself. Sure. And here they are winning football games in spite of losing their quarterback, in spite of losing their running back, in spite of some, I don't know. Uh, it, 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 this is not a overly talented team, certainly on the offensive side of the, the, football. On the Yeah, I would agree with and that. And even on the defensive side, I think this is a group that has figured out a way to eliminate its mistakes. I They're think, running hot though right now. I think one one of the best things about Dave Doran to me is that you you know you mentioned the talent thing on defense and I don't disagree but I just think culturally what he's done over so long on that side of the ball particularly is like I mean they could go through like three starting safeties in a game and you just yeah. know whoever the fourth is is coming in there and it's going to give you good play. And that's not something you see on every college football team. It's just not. And they're always well prepared. They always know like, do they give up big plays sometimes? Of course they do. But I mean, they're, overall, you feel good about their ability to keep you in a game. And I think that's incredible. Honestly, I think it's an underrated part of what his teams do. I understand frustration with the offense. I do. But at the same time, I, I think... I understand where Dave's coming from, right? If you are if you don't have the kind of offense that's going to put up a million points a game, you've got to have... You've got to kind of cater to your defense. A lot of teams will kind of cater what the team does, I think, around their offense, which I understand in college football. 
it's just kind of the way it is, right? But I think he would rather build around that defense and make sure that their team's identity is is based around that. And I think that's always going to give them a very like a higher floor. Is that what I'm going yeah. for? Like they're always going to win. Well, that's what I thought yeah. this year was really important. Mm -hmm. This was this in my mind where the recruiting cycle was, where they were after losing so many players from last year, this was going to be a down year. And I, I still argue it is a down year for NC state. Right. But it was important for Dave not to be four and eight, not to be three and nine. For sure. Getting to a bowl and game. He's turned, yeah. It looked like they could be at the beginning yeah, of the year and, and that's not where they're at. Getting to a bowl game is, is impressive. Yes. The way that they've played in the last three games 100%. is impressive. Yes. And I went to the yellow pad here. If, if you are watching on the YouTubes, we appreciate yeah, you watching on the YouTubes. They're, at the beginning of the season, they were giving up 20 plus yard plays and 50 plus plays. It's think probably about the, pretty rare for you them. Know, think about the UConn game. You know, just getting gashed in that one. Notre Dame had eight plays, had six plays of, of 20 yards or more. It was just bonkers the way that they played against Notre Dame. I said at the time, the best part of those plays is they're, they're fixable. When you give up a big play, there's usually a way to fix it, which Tony Gibson has done. If you look in these last three games, even Duke, I mean, uh, Henry Beeling completed four passes. Two of them were bombs for, right. you know, for scores. And yep. it's like, what on earth? And they had, they had the long run in that game too. So since then, obviously no plays of 50 plus and only three of 20 plus in these games. Also, they've given up, uh, it's 32 points in four games mm -hmm. since giving up 41 points to Marshall. Wow. So the defense has really kind of come around That's impressive. for yeah. Dave. I, I know some people were eager to see how Dave would handle uh, the messaging with MJ Morris. I had no problems with what he said on Thursday. Yeah, He admitted he was surprised, not in the sense that he didn't know it was possible, rather that after beating Clemson, right. a team they never beat, or rarely beat, yeah. he, you know, and then beating Miami, literally a team they've never beaten. <laughs> yeah. It was like, wait, you're going to shut it down now? When technically at the time they were still alive to make yeah, the ACC yeah. championship, mm -hmm. obviously they have a chance to make uh, a major bowl game. They also have a chance to win 10 games, which these are things that don't happen often for NC State. 100%. You know, so I think that was his surprise. I thought that was that was a good way to put it. Um, I He's... And he's trying to he's trying to kind of not give us his full Salty Dave take on MJ because I, I as James yes. Henderson and I discussed on Law of the Wolf podcast this week, there's a game of chicken going on here because MJ Marsh yep. is like, we're redshirting, but we're staying. And right. so State's kind of like, Listen, we're not going to be able to raise a single cent for you in NIL after right. you made this decision. He's so playing cool. it. He's playing it fine. Yeah. He's he's yeah. doing a great job, and that's the. You know what? I was going to say my. Thing I was going to say Dave, let's give Dave credit for when he gets these things right. Dave, I feel like has made a ton of pro, like so much progress since the moment he was hired. In that way, I mean, he's come leaps and bounds from the dude who was complaining about fall down the cupboard after, and the cupboard oh being bare of the Boston college. Honestly, like after his first <laughs> game, he's complaining about fall downs against a mid major. They barely beat. And I'm sitting there like, are you for real right now, dude? Like, I'm sorry, but it's fine. Like he has, he has not been that guy. And I think it's helped instill basically like whenever, and, and remember it, it was always like a lot of harping on the injuries and all the things that went poorly, which I understand you have to defend yourself a yeah. little bit as a coach and kind of like give everybody the full context for what you're dealing with. Right. But he does like, I think he does that a lot less now and he's really cultivated an attitude on that team that has been contagious, which is like, all right, we got hit in the mouth. Like something bad happened to us. Just Don't care. Let's keep, keep it rolling. moving because that's who he is now, you know? And I think it's really trickled down to everybody on his team. I've always felt like he, 
you could you can feel how much genuine like love and care he has for his players and that's something that i've always really really liked about dave and and they would run through walls for him you know and and i think that's awesome i think it's great that that attitude now is basically like okay somebody got hurt whatever guy behind him is going to be just as good he's prepared to go get him it's and awesome i know some people get mad at me or they think um not being genuine when I point out things that I think are positive. Now I've, I've been on this messaging thing since the Duke loss yeah. because I thought Dave hit it on the head in that post game. Like we're beating ourselves. We have to fix that. Sure. And they have the penalties are down. The turnovers are down. The defense is up. Okay. I said this on Saturday after they beat Wake Forest. Wake Forest, we're going to get to here in a second. Wake Forest is bad, I was going to say like, let we do need to. Yeah. yeah but, Wake, Wake Forest is bad, bad. Yeah. And I even said during the week, before this game, this is a game that NC State should win. Yes. And this is NC State's kryptonite. When you use the word should I know. and NC State, no, I agree. they so almost it's a big deal invariably that, fail. Yes. And it's a big deal that they didn't and did it Correct. convincingly. Yes. And not only that, they're 3-0 and and should win games this year. Ooh. At Virginia, Marshall at home, which was touching. Both Virginia and Marshall were touch and go. They controlled this game from the absolute jump. They did not play with Does their UConn food. Does count? You no, probably no, counts, because doesn't no, UConn was a bowl game, was a bowl team a year ago. You're on the road. You're there. Now I mean, they're this, horrible. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a game they were going to win, right? You know, and, and I wasn't. But I hear you. Yeah, I wasn't game. great the way that they played that game, but that wasn't like okay, like Marshall. But they still won the should win. Is yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> Marshall, they lose that game. The season's over. Yeah, like there's no bowl match. Unless that you're works Virginia you. Tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, that is genuine progress to yeah, win the games 100%. that you should. And some people are like, no, that's not Dave's problem. Is he can't he can't punch above his weight. I just wanted to. I don't. Under, I've never. I wanted, that's my thing. That's my critique of Dave Dorn. That's always driven me the most insane. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you rather go back to the days when y'all would beat Florida State and then get housed by Virginia the next week? Right. A, a one win Virginia team or something like? No. Why would you want to go back to that? That would make me more insane. To be honest with you, as a fan, I'd be like, how can you beat them but not beat them? So I presented this mental exercise because I honestly I think. If Dave had won these should win games, we have a completely different view of his tenure. Are you ready? Okay, I'm listening. Boston College 22. That's, uh, that's last year. That, that gives yeah, because that's that's the one that, that always gets pointed to when you when you point out that Dave wins most of the games he should. Should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. that also gives you a chance to win 10 games, and it, 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 yes. which hasn't been done, yes. right? And it was okay. obviously a very winnable game. Miami 21 was on the road, but I will argue that Manny Diaz was so incompetent that there's no way this should have cost you and it did. This is a game that hurt them. Yeah. So, and plus they dropped a bazillion passes. Miami basically They always quit drop the passes against week. Miami, don't they? It's they a, really it's a do. Thing. Uh, Wake in 18, aka the Jamie Newman game, where <sighs> Wake was missing like 12 starters. They were a three yeah, touchdown that underdog. That was bad. That also gave them a chance. They were, at that time, they were number 13 in the college football playoff uh, rankings. Mm -hmm. Remember, that was even before Boo was on the committee because Debbie was there. Like that was one of those like, why does the committee love NC State so much? Like it was unnatural. Like they were like they were like ten spots higher than they were in the AP poll. They lose that game. Obviously, they they end up not winning ten games. South Carolina seventeen, the opener. Oh, that one, yeah. Rochambeau is the coach and he's terrible. His players hated him. They couldn't win a game uh, and they were outgained by 500 yards. And yeah, still, that was bad. And still, Debo Samuels does Debo Samuel things. I mean, to be fair, yeah, we, we, we came to understand that Debo was, <laughs> was pretty good. Was very, still, was very special. But yes, the way yes. that game played out. And then ECU in 16, uh, the, the Scotty Montgomery team that literally yeah, did that not beat was... another Division 1A team. 
Um, if you flip those five games, we are we have a completely different view of Dave Doran. So I say progress winning those games he's supposed to win this year. Now seven and three. They close out at Virginia Tech and then Carolina at home. They're interesting games to me for them, but totally, for different reasons. Totally interesting. Uh, I love the situation that Brendan Armstrong's in. You know yeah. he'll be fine playing oh, against no. Virginia Tech. Will he? I think he will be. And you know oh, he'll be no. fine playing against Carolina because I well, think his like Virginia. career highs have been against <laughs> Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Well, <laughs> add him to the list, get, dude. Get in line. <laughs> get I understand. I understand. So, um, but quick, wh- what happened to Wake? Because this um, was really the first time this year I was able to sit down and like kind of watch them with any kind of closeness. And their offensive line is yeah, it, awful. It's really bad. Um, I, I will admit, I don't watch as much Wake as I do of the triangle teams for sure. sure. But I do follow a lot of, you know, wake people that do a great job of following it. So I think, yeah, the offense is the biggest issue for them for sure. And quarterback play and not having a quarterback. It's is... kind of sort of a miracle that they're four and six, right? I mean, they only yes. have one league win. Actually their defense is the kind of defense that they would have longed for when they had Sam Hartman. But so it's kind of like, I guess States had something similar happen. Like after Philip rivers left, there comes the defense. It's that kind of a thing where like now their defense is closer to where they would like it to be, but the offense is, is a mess. And it's just, it's a, it's a big problem. Yeah. I'm surprised to see them like this. Um, I do want to give credit to Dave Clausen, though, who I've always liked. Yeah. I, I, I think he's a really good. I still think he's a really good coach. Oh, um, absolutely. Like this happens, but he's, I, he's owning this completely. I was going to say, and speaking of good messaging, yeah. I love the apology after the game. Like, Not because they he lost. He doesn't have to do that. Because he's, he was genuinely embarrassed by the way that they played in a game. In a game. That, let's be honest, is Wake Forest Super Bowl. And every year they get up for and every year they live to be the I mean, pain I, in the ass. You know, state. you and I just, I think he, it is a Super Bowl. So no. I, I agree. No, 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 no. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I mean, they would this usually is, pile up like 700 <laughs> yards against Carolina every year, too, to be fair. To the point that only my friendship with Dave Clawson prevented me from tweeting, run it up on them now kill them while you have a chance you owe them that is like 50 on them because you absolutely owe them they get you every single year take them out while you can well yeah yeah it's like a michael myers thing right you don't leave the don't leave anybody alive you got to be sure that they're gone you're gonna love this transition okay be happy we won be happy be happy everybody should be happy and the best way to protect your number one investment that's your home whether you're buying, whether you're selling, don't fall for one of these billboards, guaranteed offer, some guy named for a country with a fake name. Don't do that to yourself. Go with Hometown Realty. They have six locations from here to the coast, more than 250 agents. It's real simple. Go to myhtr.com. You'll see a toggle right in the middle of the screen. Buy, sell. There's also a mortgage calculator up there. So go with the experts. Go with people who can get you into new construction as well. More than 60% of the business for hometown realty is in new construction. You need their expertise. You need their help. You need to do what's best for you and your number one investment. And that's going with hometown realty. It's myhtr.com. And then when you close on that home, or maybe you get yourself into some traffic issues. Like, I don't know. One of the people who works on this show, it couldn't be me. Go with Whitaker and Hamer. That's wh.lawyer. Closing on homes. You got traffic issues. You got family law issues. You're maybe you're maybe you're selling a business. Go to wh.lawyer. Go with Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, 
You want to talk about all locations. You want to talk about all the experience. You want to talk about expertise. Josh and Joe have it. Plus, they have the world's greatest URL. That's wh.lawyer. We're moving on. Normally, I would tell you it's too early in the season to talk about college basketball. Normally, I would tell you it's too early to be worried about a certain national title contender. But a game got my attention on Friday night, Lauren, and that was Duke against Arizona. Arizona coming across this ocean and beating the Blue Devils 78-73. So that's a real home and home, or is it? It's a true home and home. Wow. Duke will go to McHale next year, that's as Jay awesome. Billis told us 8 million times during the uh, I, broadcast. Full disclosure, I forgot about this game until the second half. <laughs> so, but, but I was all in for the whole second Full half. Full disclosure, I bet on Duke in this game because okay. they're at home and Arizona is usually fairly soft. This is not a soft Arizona team. But before we talk about the game itself, let's talk about Caleb Love. I don't know if you know this, Lauren. Yes. I have a complicated relationship with Carolina fans. I, uh, a group you? of them. A no. segment of them, I should say. A segment of them. It's almost don't, like you've always had. Don't like me. <laughs> they weren't happy on Thursday when I said, you should go over to Cameron and thank Caleb Love for 2022. Which... Let 23 go. Right. Like, ultimately, in the, in the big picture... What he did in 22 far outweighs whatever issues you had with Caleb Love in 23. Oh, I think that most of them would actually like that. That was my that. point. That yeah. was my point. Right. That somehow got turned. You don't know anything. You don't I know think, this. You oh, don't know that. Yes. Because, of course, the implication it's not the message. Is, it's the messenger that some Carolina fans have an issue with. Well, and the implication is that, like, they don't feel that way about him sure. at all which i think so you know i mean again it's hard because twitter is what it is and you yes. hear a lot of loud voices and sometimes they're the most obnoxious ones you know so but I, I I, listen I, everybody I gets defensive when you imply that they're like attacking a kid i would tell i would tell you i texted my source over carolina i said please pass along to caleb love <laughs> and his dad they'll be they'll be ecstatic to know that no one in the carolina fan base <laughs> blames them for last year anymore Listen. All it took was for me to point out that they should go over there and thank him <laughs> because 22 was right. special. No, it's and their not... shot was historic. And that should 100%. be remembered. And nothing about last year's fake or real drama should be remembered. Right. And I think I think ultimately that's how it'll come out in the wash for most Carolina fans anyway. Yeah. Which is great. Because is yeah, good. he did have a tough, like he had a tough season because he was, even if it wasn't all his fault, and even if most fans knew that, he became a little bit the face of it for yes. sure. And that is a hundred percent fair to say. He became the scapegoat. Yeah. So he plays in this game. I'm watching Arizona. Arizona is man, they are Gonzaga, and you know how I feel about Gonzaga. I love Gonzaga. This this team. I had no idea Kylan Boswell was that dude, though. Dude. He had a game and a half for Arizona. Uh, Love did bank in a three at the halftime buzzer, which was yeah, important. I did. I he, missed that one. Apparently. He, made, yeah. he made some late free throws, that which were big. absolutely important. He actually had some really nice passes as well. Like, he has a nice bounce yeah. pass now, which I did not recall seeing much of in the last couple of years. That I, was lovely. He had six turnovers. He struggled in this game. He was not. Most of them came early, early while, though. While most yeah. people were taking away Caleb Love, like, as a storyline for obvious reasons for this game. Right. To me, that was yeah. That was it. Was just like a, a a subplot. This was like the Ian Zaring part of nine hundred two one zero when you when you when you had the Steve Sanders C plot, right? Like this had nothing to do with the main plot of the game. Oh my god! Like Arizona being as tough as they were, Arizona surviving Ballo's foul trouble in the first half. Yep. By the way, 
was huge. Uh, I love the way that Arizona played in this game. Made good adjustments as well. Love how Kyle Filipowski played in this game. Oh, yeah. Love how late Roach took over yeah. with the ball. He's so but, clutch But, now. man, I have many, many questions about the Duke Blue Devils. I mean... After this game, because yeah. I'm not sure they have a stone-cold shooter that they need. And Tyrese Proctor last year, when they when Duke started getting everything going last year, it was because Proctor was really coming into his own. He struggled like a mo in this game. Like he was bad in this yeah, game. Yeah, he did struggle. And that was my main concern. I I thought Duke would be better shooting the ball. Jared McCain is supposed McCain to be a better shooter guy, this like, year. I mean, I, he, he looks struggled like a great in shooter. this game. Yeah. He struggled in this game. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not suggesting we throw away the Duke baby with the bathwater here after one home loss, but I do have serious questions about because we're not talking about Duke winning the ACC here. Okay? No, they, they, about, that doesn't even matter to them. Well, I think it did last year. I think what we're talking about now is, is Duke good enough to win the national championship in, in college right. basketball? That's, that's the question. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know. I think it's early. I, I do still think. I, I mean, do... I know it's early, but I mean, are they going to magically get better at shooting the basketball is my question. I mean, I think maybe. I think McCain's still a pretty good shooter. I don't know. I think what they need is kind of more of a plan beyond like what happens when Filipowski can't get open on a pick and pop or you know, yeah. they can't get a wide open look at three. And they I didn't don't know really replace a, Derek Lively either right. with a rim protector. The rebounding for me was a bigger concern than the shooting almost because you're going to have nights where, you know, you can, you're going to make some shots. Somebody's going to get hot. It's whatever. To me, if you can't rebound effectively, it's going to be a bigger issue. And so that to me is where I think they need to, but they've got some interesting pieces that you can tell are not ready yet. Like that, the Stewart kid who has a higher vertical than Zion. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can find a way to use that guy, right? Which they sparingly did. I think in this he's game. he's kind of raw, yeah. um, but you know, I I do think they have some interesting pieces that if they can, you know, get them fully incorporated, which will take time, then I'm I'm ready to reevaluate. But I hear you because the shooting was a concern, and it's definitely going to stay one as long as they don't make them. We also saw on the women's side a team win a game uh -huh. where that might indicate they might be good enough to be there. Look at in the Westmore. End. Westmore, NC State, they beat UConn 92-81 over at Reynolds Coliseum in a raucous Reynolds Coliseum. Our friend Luke Takak even texted me like, the men's team has to figure out a way to get over here and stop fooling around. Well, like that's, they, that's the conversation, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you, you know why that's not going to happen. I know. But he's like, the crowd is absolutely it's, keeping this team in the game. But Sanaya Rivers with 33 points in this game. 92-81. She had an unbelievable game so for the Wolfpack. Um, yes, Paige Brooker's back for UConn. Yeah. She single-handedly eliminated them two years ago in the NCAA tournament in the quote-unquote neutral site game. Well, and I think that was what made this such a big... Yeah. Win for state too. It's not just they hadn't beaten them since 1998. It was also that part of it where like they had to go there when they shouldn't have had yeah. to go there. But that's women's basketball has done that for years and years in the tournament, and it's stupid. And I'm over it. And I want them to stop. Yeah, <laughs> Rivers, 33 points, 10 boards, five assists, three blocks, three steals. So like that's a complete game. That that's some kind of day. You just um, knew state women like they were picked like what eighth. In the ACC? So remember, Wes wins the ACC three years in a row right. with a group, one group. A core group, right. And then last year, they, they, they beat struggled. Iowa early. They struggled. And you're like, oh, it's going to be okay. And then they they kind of sort of fell apart. Yep. This is now a new group. They that they, they, He went into the portal and got a bunch of players, Yes, actually. he did. 
So he's done a really good job. This this gives him a chance. I think just like I think it was three years ago now when they beat South Carolina in the regular season. It, yeah, it was the year that they lost to UConn in the tournament. When you beat UConn or South Carolina during the regular season, it puts you in a position, gives you that kind of confidence, gives you the kind of mindset that like, wait, wait a second. If we could beat those teams, we can beat anybody. And listen, I've covered women's basketball long enough to remember the days when I mean, I don't, I don't cover them as much anymore, obviously, sure. but I used to back in the day. Oh, and Duke I, I was remember, trying to break through, and UConn and Tennessee yep, were just regularly Carolina smack too, them down. with like Ivory yeah. Lotta and those teams. Yeah. Like Tennessee and UConn were both right there as like these huge stumbling blocks of like, you're not getting past this. And that just was what it was. And now everybody's gotten better, and it's awesome. Well, I'm sure these snap judgments that I'm making in November <laughs> state women, good, Duke men, bad. I'm sure we won't look back on these two results. But honestly, here's my number one takeaway from both games. Please, pretty please, sugar on top. Give me more on-campus matchups in I mean, college listen, basketball. I agree. Please. I, and I know, I understand why Duke didn't play these before. And look, you're, when you're Mike Krzyzewski, you don't have to. And when you're, to be fair, well, you don't. What, who's going to make you? I know. I mean, I know. that's the thing. Like, you, we can roll our eyes, but it's still true. <laughs> Like they don't have to, they could play neutral sites, you know, but at the same time, like this is better for, for college basketball. I mean, there is nothing like a big game in that building, nothing, nothing like a big game in Cameron. And I think it's great that they're doing this now under and John Chiacona was there. Oh, was he? Yeah. He's a big that. Arizona fan. Oh, yeah. What? And he finally retired from baseball. Like it was kind of cool. There, like, were, there were a decent amount of Arizona fans that, yeah, they, like, you, I was surprised to hear like "Go Zona" chants and whatever. You and I have seen a number of times where you're at Cameron and you look over and you're like, "Oh, there's Tony oh, Romo. Yeah. Oh, there's Donald Trump. Oh, there's Peyton Manning." You're the, like, the biggest one of these was obviously the last Coach K game because I'm looking around. I'm like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, so, uh, everywhere!" <laughs> Adam like, Silver on, and Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like you're on overload, you know. But yeah. yeah, you just look over and see someone. You're like, "Oh, they're here! Wow." We there is something to go into. A game at Cameron, and I should just transition right now to the. I know ad. you hate that. No, 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 no. I don't like going to Cameron now because I've been. Oh, if you've never been, then it's a it's a thing right, that but everyone you don't like should covering do. Games there. I, I like going up in the crow's nest now, but that's an alternative. The corner. See if you you know. Oh, I go I yeah. go up in the corner. I have no problem You're going up in the, in the crow's corner. Nest, you couldn't hear Caleb Love say something. I forget. Like yeah. he literally. Like that's what yeah. I love no, about I, Cameron. Like I you don't can hear like chirping. sitting on the floor at Cameron anymore. I, I love I, what you can hear there. You can hear coaches. You can hear players. Yeah. It's 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 unreal. But uh, usually it's too loud. Honestly, there during big games to hear much of anything. There is absolutely something to that. So yes, I'm sure I won't regret these snap judgments at all. Speaking of snap judgments, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Is it time to give up the ghost? The Panthers made a mistake. They took the wrong guy. I'm just, I'm just so tired. <laughs> As if it's I'm an so either tired. or um, presentation, well, right? Like it, it, I've seen several either ors floated, right? Yeah. Including one being that they don't trade anything for anyone and just get Sam Howell. Right. I don't love that retconning because obviously that wasn't what they did. But you can go back to the draft and say, okay, here's what your actual choices were, right? So the Panthers end up losing on Thursday night. We haven't been on the air since then. 16-13, Bears win. The Bears are terrible. Yep. The Panthers were worse. They were starting somehow. a D2 yes. quarterback. Tyson Bajant coming through in the clutch. In the clutch, QB wins. So the Panthers are now 1-8 on the season. Uh, mm -hmm. Bryce Young, I, I thought the, the Colts game was his bad game. 
the pick sixes like you you were going to get one of those games every rookie has one of those games yeah that was definitely his so worst game it wasn't I, close i don't necessarily like, i'm not assigning this one to bryce young as as we was, as we were apt to do i thought he was just fine like the panthers kind of are what they are at this point I, he wasn't at I didn't one think and he eight. was good but no one was good so but he wasn't actively bad which he was against the colts okay yeah <laughs> if you don't turn the ball over you're not being actively bad no that's there's true. a difference he, you're okay you're right but i think what we're seeing with him is even when they were having horrific offensive performances right you would see the you know you could see like oh well he's you know making he's waiting to, for guys to come open he's making the correct reads right like he's making the right decisions he's throwing the ball you could see those moments whereas i think i think you're not seeing as many of those now because i think by necessity, almost you're seeing a lot of bad habits and I'm seeing people t like whether it's Dimitri Ravanos, my podcast partner on young gun or, or anybody else that has watched him at Alabama. They're saying that he is doing things now that he never used to do before bad habits, like with his footwork and things like that. He's missing throws that he wasn't missing before. And I think that is something that happens when you cannot trust literally anyone on your offense except for Adam Thielen. He, he's in the Ed Sheeran <laughs> zone with bad habits. Meanwhile, CJ Stroud is literally putting together the best rookie season by an NFL quarterback since Dan Marino. Except for inexplicably. <laughs> which Except no for. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you have to mention this as if it negates anything, right. CJ Stroud. I understand that it doesn't negate anything. However... I didn't fever dream that football game. No. The one is a win <laughs> over the Houston Texans in which I didn't think Stroud was bad, but he was mid, as the kids say, I thought, in that game. His, he, his fourth 300-plus game. And Bryce was great in that game. 356 yards this week against the Bengals. Right. He now has 15 touchdowns and two interceptions on the season. And let us be clear here. This is not a situation where he is Brock Purdy playing with the best no, offensive line and more, weapons around him. This right. is not Tua Tunga Vailoa. No, 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 no. This no. is a guy like dragging the carcass of, well, of, of, a, of a Texans offense. Let's not. I mean, he had so much more time than Bryce, even in the game they played, that I was like, whoa, Could be Bryce must up. be watching that and be jealous of like how much time he has to throw. So I will say I, I disagree a little bit there. I, I don't I don't think he's loaded by any stretch. No, I'm not saying Tank that. Dell is the answer here. Does he look better than anyone the Panthers have trotted out? That's fair, but like, I'm sorry. Look, just use their eyeballs, if nothing else, right? Like it's like look at who the Panthers are trotting out there and what right. they're producing versus what he's getting from his skill Listen, guys and the O lines for sure. One looks better than the other, but that's you know. Just, I, I thought they should have taken CJ Stroud, but I would not have predicted that he would have 15 touchdowns, and two interceptions and as not, a rookie. This isn't me saying that they didn't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is that I think we need to take these things in full. Do you think CJ Stroud would look awesome with this offense? Because I don't. That is the question. Who would look good with this Panthers offense? I think you and I are in agreement. Yeah. Rookie Cam. Yeah. Because he would Maybe, be able yeah. to, he'd be able but to he, drag even the he carcass. Would have brutal games for sure. But he would he be did. able to run and do a little bit more exactly. with his feet. And he was, he was ridiculous. Yes, I think Lamar Jackson, who because they, he's they, used to that too. Who they could have had. But and, see, that's that's the one that I'm like <laughs> waiting for people about. to shout about yeah. because that is a franchise quarterback, and we all know that by now. Yeah. So you wanted the franchise quarterback, well. The, the person who was worth giving up the picks for, <laughs> right? Um, and then I think you and I are also in agreement rookie young Russell Wilson who ran for his life and could make plays with his feet right? and extend plays might also have a chance with this group. But like, that's it. I mean, that's, that's the list. That's like three quarterbacks in the last like 20 years. So what yeah. are we talking about? Right. And I'm not saying again, I'm not saying they didn't make the wrong choice. Like, obviously he's looked way better. And I, 
you know, when, even when they were making the decision, I was like, I don't know. Like I, to me, Stroud looks a little better, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. you just never, sometimes you well, never really know. I guess it's the second part of it. That is what's getting you a little bit going a little bit as a Panthers fan. I mean, in the like, sense that it's, it's what they gave into up his rookie. For right. Right. That's it's my not problem. just that they made him over Stroud. Cause I think the mistake we make is thinking that young and Stroud can't both be good. It's not an either or situation. Well, it's, it's how it's being framed. They seemingly. both can be good. And, right. and, and it's not time to say that Bryce Young is a bus. It's not time to say he can't be good. It's just, it's obvious at this point that CJ right Stroud now, has been better as a rookie 100%. than Bryce Young. Okay, 100%. fine. Yes. That doesn't mean Bryce, Bryce Young can't develop and become a top level NFL quarterback. I think the odds are against that given his size. I think the odds right. are against that given what is around him and who his coach are. Uh, yes. But that, that's a, kind owner, of a discussion for another day. The owner. <laughs> But I do think, and this was my concern when they made the trade, they gave up that's a the problem. lot and for that, this pick. And that's where, like, when I see the Sam Howell discussion, if you frame it in the sense of they they could have had Sam Howell and that's it, I don't, I can't hear. But if you frame it in the sense of, like, they could have had Sam Howell and not given up those picks, it's at least something yeah. I'll listen to. Is that a long-term answer, though, for either franchise? Like, I, I, that's still debatable at this point. I know Sam's playing great and good for him, but... I don't know that that's the long-term answer for the commanders or it would have been for the Panthers either. So. Yeah. I'm not willing to go back and wreck. And I, I love, I love Sam. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm happy for him. It's yeah. awesome. My, I, I, I thought the Panthers were going to take him. to be perfectly honest with you, not in the first round or second round, but the, the Panthers got themselves in a situation where they were burned by mid to late round picks, right? Like, um, Will Greer and, and Matt Corral and all these. It's like they, they made mistakes. They actually took Matt Corral instead of taking, Sam Howell. I remember. So it's like, and they traded up to get Matt Corral. Like they've they've made plenty of mistakes. That's not oh, the one I'm, right, I'm willing to go up, back and 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 retcon. I will just say this: I don't want you to waste all of your bullets because we have Young Gun coming up. If you haven't yet, oh, check don't out, you worry. If you haven't yet, check out Young Gun OG Media Podcast. Lauren Brownlow, Dimitri Ravanos, check them out. It's very specific. People always say to me, "What is the most freeing thing about your own podcast?" And I tell them. We don't have to do bullshit national stories. We want to hyper-focus on our teams and the things that we care about. We do that. You want to talk about hyper-focused? You people have a podcast about Bryce Young. Well, That's and, amazing. And the Panthers, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it just so happens to be the team that he's on. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. So go check it out. Apple, Spotify, the Googles, you name it. Young Gun is there. And of course, every time we talk about the Panthers, it's brought, brought to you by Graffiti. Graffiti in downtown carry. Joe loves the bourbon. Joe loves the Tuesday break even night. I just love Sunday. You can go over there, drink a fl beer flavored beer, and you yes. don't you don't want to watch the Panthers? Fine. There's other, watch yeah. all of the other games. Hundred percent. And I also I'm like uh, um I don't I'm not like super ADHD. Like I don't love the red zone thing, but I do love oh. being able to like look at like okay I've got Amari Cooper on my fantasy team. <laughs> So the Browns have the ball. I want to watch the Browns right now. Right. Right. Well, I don't want to change the channel, but if something happens, I want to be able to go back. Oh, look, Cooper just did something. I want to go look. Oh, Jamar Chase. Oh, look, look what the Bengals are doing. You know, you can do that. Graffiti. Downtown carry. So go check them out. And of course, if Joe was here, he would tell you on Tuesdays, they have break even night with their bourbon. If you're looking for a good bourbon, there is no better deal in town. So go check them out at graffiti in downtown carry. What's up next? What's up next? You know what I love about Matt Davis? Always coming up with ideas. He knows our 100th episode is coming up on Wednesday. So he says to me, I have an idea. Let's give away tickets to see Duke the day after Thanksgiving in basketball. 
over at Cameron or to the Canes who play Tampa that Friday night. You're going to have your choice. You're going to have it because of Matt Davis over at State Farm in Garner. I love his billboard. Nine one, uh, you want to talk to a real person? Give him a call. 919-779-8277. That's uh, OGinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, pet, you name it. You want to save money? Give Matt a call. Again, that number is 919-779-8277. And yeah, we're going to have a really cool giveaway. Thanks to Matt and thanks to State Farm starting on Wednesday. Stay tuned for all of those details. Tailgate season is coming to a close, Lauren, in football. But do you know what's not? Dark roast coffee season. Staying awake because Breeze Through has the best dark roast coffee there is. I get mad at national chains who stop serving dark roast coffee at 10. Why are you making choices for me? I don't want you making choices for me. I want my dark roast coffee when I want it. Get it all day at the Breeze Through. Get all your ice, other drinks, beer, Gatorades, uh, Sweetwater 420, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's my new uh, favorite arena beer of choice, just so you know, uh, our friends over at Sweetwater. Because, you know, I have very specific tastes when it comes to yes. beer. Yes, I do. Breeze Through has you covered. All of your beers, all of your coffee, sweet snacks, high-protein snacks, you name it. Breeze Through has it. Go check them out. Breeze through markets, uh, obviously the home base there, right on the corner of Edwards Mill and Trinity. Or I stopped at the one on uh, forty forty two over in Garner on oh. the way back from the beach this weekend. So wherever you are, there's a breeze through there to take you on your way. Perhaps I should open up this four twenty. I don't want to waste it, but I probably feel like I should pour one out. Pour one out okay. for Jim Harbaugh. Oh yeah, is he all right? I mean. I'm really worried about Jim Harbaugh now because this is the second time this year. I mean, I heard he he died, so. I, I mean, I don't want to joke about such things, but it does feel like that is how Michigan is reacting. It's wild. It, it really or, or, is. Or actually, you know what? It doesn't feel like he died. It feels like he's been unjustly imprisoned or something. Like he's a political like prisoner. Nelson Mandela. Yes. Jim Harbaugh. You know, <laughs> shaking hands. Like, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm imagining them. Predator like, style. Waving at him and his like tower where he's been isolated i I just it's what are we doing we need to calm down let's unpack this story just a little bit we'll add a little context because you texted me over the weekend you're like we are talking about horrible right and i was like yes we will because it was it's all very funny to me in part because it was at least broached by the michigan people that they might be interested in leaving the big 10 because of this punishment (laughs) To their football coach. So if you've been under a rock and perhaps mm-hmm. you haven't been following it, Jim Harbaugh be- began the year with a suspension from the NC- from the school via the NCAA based on uh, what he did during COVID when you were allowed to either practice, not practice. Also, yeah. were you allowed to have recruits, not have recruit visits? So he was suspended for the first four games of this year. Michigan obviously won all the four of those games. And Michigan made that yeah, decision. Because Michigan of, ultimately yeah. made that decision. In the interim... Okay. Mm-hmm. It comes to light that a, a staff um, consultant for Michigan, Connor Stallions, a Marine, has been practicing his own college football espionage by buying tickets with his own credit card. You can do a veritable Where's Waldo, <laughs> yeah. and, as people have been doing, of like yeah. finding him at various football. Games. It's also funny that, you know, those, those FOIA requests that normally take months right. are being turned around right quick. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Connor Stallions bought tickets oh, in our yeah. game. Oh, yeah, we have a Connor Stallions in our game. Uh-huh. So anyway, weird, uh, weird. If, if you hadn't been following, so Connor Stallions, the staffer, has basically been going two games in advance, which is against NCAA rules. You're not allowed to go to an opponent's game in person. 
don't ask. I you're you can scout all you want online and, vid- and, and the video, video part too, right? He, yeah. So it's, he was he yeah. was building an elaborate scheme to steal signs to try to help Michigan win football games. It's partly it a money to. thing, I would imagine. Is like a, the smaller schools can't afford yeah, to have. There's a, also a, a proximity. Random... There's a proximity to it. So right. he ultimately broke an NCAA rule by going to games and scouting in person in advance. Yeah. Michigan has since parted ways with Connor Stallions, who was making like fifty five thousand dollars a year. So what? This week, Which though, suspicious in its own right, but that's this week, whatever. though, the Big Ten took it upon itself to suspend Jim Harbaugh for the remainder of the regular season, which included uh, Saturday's trip to Happy Valley. Michigan ends up winning this game. That was game. a surprise for me. It was, too. Michigan ends up winning this game 24 to 15. They did not attempt a pass. The game was not as close as that score would indicate. In the second half. Yeah. Michigan did not attempt yeah, a I pass. At one point, they ran it 21 times in a row, I believe. Yes. It was bonkers. I personally think, and I have been saying this all along, big shouts to my brother-in-law, Christian, for pointing out to me, yeah, I've been saying all along, this this year feels like big Goodell, Tom Brady energy. Michigan wins this thing. They're going to have to hand the trophy to Harbaugh. Sure. Took Christian to point out to me, yeah, Tom Brady's a Michigan guy, you know. And I was like, oh, of course, of course. And I mean, Patriots fans did have a somewhat similar reaction at the time, too. Yeah. Of like, we are being persecuted. Yeah. Like, So (laughs) you and I, longtime ACC people, first thing I thought of during this, because you remember during all of the Carolina um, uh, junk, as our friend Roy Williams liked to call it. Yes. Everybody, there were a lot of state people. There were a lot of Clemson people. Let's let's not impugn the Wolfpack here. Mm. There were a lot of Virginia Tech and Clemson people who were like, you, the ACC needs to punish Carolina. That's who needs well, to you punish know Carolina. That way, we right? Know. They're still it, hanging on to. And it was. I always felt it was apocryphal, but it really did happen. The ACC did punish mm-hmm. the Clemson over a, a Danny Ford right. issue back in the eighties. <laughs> like literally, I think wasn't it eighty? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to go relitigate all of that. But yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was always far fetched to think that a conference was going to punish one of the schools. I, I for whatever reason, I just didn't think that would happen. Enter the wow. Big Ten and Tony Petit. When I guess everyone gets mad enough at you. And I loved Michigan's response. Ward Emanuel, their AD, was like, okay, this is the standard you want to set? Fine, which led us to Michigan now p- putting their best Florida State Board of Trustees hat on and being like, well, fine. We'll just leave the Big Ten. You don't you don't want us? We'll go do we'll go do something else. Right. And you were like, It's just like when my kid threatens to run away. So maybe the long game is Jim Phillips. Bringing Michigan into the fold. Take that, Julio. You said we only add bad teams in football. Listen, <laughs> this is this is literally like your child saying, I'm running away. And you're like, where are you going? And they're like, I don't know. They're not going anywhere because they have nowhere to go. Where do you think that you think they're really going to turn down that much? Like, stop it. They're not going anywhere. And guess what, Michigan? Sorry. No one is more important than the conference anymore. They don't. If you leave there, they'll be fine. Right. Okay. They're going to be fine. I'm also guessing the Big Ten does have a grant of rights, too. I know those those don't matter <laughs> I mean, details, anymore. Everyone, right? everyone thinks those don't really Michigan's matter. Michigan's going to take its ball and go home. No, I mean, the response was fine to me until they started talking about, like, some ridiculous, like, irreparable harm we're going to yeah. be doing to the, like, Stop that's it. that's the bigger picture on the on the smaller picture I'm going to share here and play this video because man you, you would have thought Jim Harbaugh wasn't just suspended but was no longer with us this is uh, Sharon Moore who was their offense coordinator who's their acting head coach now this is what he had to say on the field after their win over Penn State to win on the road in this environment when there were doubts Sharon what does it mean to you 
Well, I thank the Lord. Well, I thank Coach Harbaugh. Fucking love you, man. Love the shit out of you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These fucking guys right here. These guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Talk to him. Talk to him. Oh Unbelievable. My God. That's great stuff all the time. I love all the swears too. For those who are uh, not watching, coaches have been great yeah. in the post game this year. I'm loving it. <laughs> for those not watching on the YouTube's, uh, he's crying. He is crying. Which, like, I'm not. I'm not judging <laughs> the crying. Tears like, over Jim Harbaugh not being there. Yeah, that Lauren, was I'm going to need lot, someone though. to tell me that they love the shit out of me. By the way, oh, life goals. I love the shit out of you. I love the shit out of you. It's great. It sounds <laughs> awesome, doesn't it? It's like, oh, thank you. That's like extra. I, it's a little bit incongruent, but it, it feels right though for some reason to say that. It does feel right. No, I mean, like, it's just it's a little much. That's all. Like, it's fine. You want a game against a team that never beats teams better than it. Yeah. Ever. Uh. Now, it was a big game. It was their best win yes. of the season, and they looked incredibly impressive. By the far. reason they ran the ball that many times is because every time they tried to drop back and pass, Penn State's excellent defense was in J.J. McCarthy's face, and so they did the smart thing, and we're like, well, we're not going to pass it then so that you literally have no chance to win because your offense cannot do anything. This ends with them winning the national championship, right? That would entail the Big Ten winning in the college football playoff. It would. So I don't know. Well, who who else is out there? Are you on the, are you on the Oregon bandwagon? I do like Oregon a lot, even, I, even more be, than Washington. Look, do I think they deserve to be in more than Washington? No. Okay, I will. Start. I mean, they're going to play again, so I don't think right. we'll have to get into this TCU Baylor existential crisis that but we got in the first. This year. is where I get. I mean, and, and I know the college football playoff committee gets sucked in with this too, even if they don't always admit it. That's where the eye test thing for me. I'm like, oh, I get that now. Because they're they're just a, a a killing machine, Morgan. Like it's it's unreal to watch them play. And Washington has had some trouble, which and so is Florida State for that matter, um, in staying undefeated. So, and that's not a knock in and of itself. Washington is also very good. Florida State is also very good. But it's when it's when you have a Michigan that's been killing everyone, and same with Oregon, like everyone else anyway, besides Washington. Like it is kind of it it sways you a little bit. Plus, he loves to go for it on fourth down. It's a dynamic oh, offense. Lady? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I get I get a little sucked in there. I'm actually and I'm looking forward to this playoff. Georgia, because I don't, don't forget Georgia. I think Georgia's good. I think they're gonna end up losing to Alabama. You think so? We can't get rid of Saban as much as we want to. Um I don't know. I, I just think there's genuinely not one team out there that that were like like Georgia the last year. Like, oh, right. well, it's, like it's a, over. No, I agree. You know? that, like, that so makes I'm actually it looking forward to it. I wish it was a twelve team playoff this year. It'd be perfectly I do honest too. With you. I actually feel would have been the same more way. interesting to me, but we'll we'll see. No how this one thing seems invincible. And that's a change. Get out of here with some Hey Joe questions, some real, some not so real. Um, what to make of... Tra where have you been on this Travis Kelsey-Taylor Swift relationship? Oh, well, I am like... I guess you would maybe call me a budding Swifty. Okay. Um, I have some very good friends who are, and so I'm, I'm getting into the music more and more, and I definitely enjoy her and like her songs. But I'm on a text thread with two girls that... Uh, women, I don't want to yeah, say yeah. girls, that that like all that update 
regularly about what's going on with Taylor Swift. So I was getting those updates as fast as they were happening on Saturday <laughs> night and was with another one of them. So we were like, oh my God, like watching the videos of like them making out and everything, like her running to him backstage. <laughs> and like the lyric change, of course, uh, yeah. was a huge story. Here, I have the lyric change. The kiss though. From Woo! the concert. Fire. Let's, let's see if it'll work. <laughs> Karma, Karma is, is the a guy, guy on, on the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. And he was standing Ooh. with her dad when they sang that. And okay. That his reaction was great. Karma is a guy on the is Chiefs. Is the guy on the Chiefs. That's who she meant. You know what? These these as I said to about Carolina students who want to rush the field after beating Duke yeah. as well they should. These two crazy kids should have fun. Listen, this she, is the courtship stage. If you can't have fun in this stage, what, what are we doing? She can't have a normal life, obviously. Right. right. And and she needs to date a man who understands that level of fame to a degree, but is also cool with her doing her thing. And so her fans and understandably so, and me as well, are very happy for her that it's seemingly is that she has found that, right? Like a guy yeah. that's not threatened by her at all. And if anything is just super cool that. to be along yeah and can yeah. handle the fame which she hasn't been able to strike the right balance before so good for her i'm happy for her all right this one comes from um bullard my nc state fan hey joe how is it possible that carolina can still make the acc championship game <laughs> but nc state cannot all right excellent question and i'm gonna try not to get too far down deep in the weeds on this no but you, you've got a good handle on this since stuff. i was sent down this rabbit hole yesterday by bullard i might as well share my information so far state eight no they've completed acc play they are in the championship game louisville is six and one they have one conference game left they go to miami while we all expect louisville to win and if they do they would be seven and one they would be one game clear of everybody doesn't matter what else happens. It, we would have Florida State, Louisville, first Saturday, December, ACC championship game in Charlotte, right? Nice and easy. Tie a bow, move it along, put a stamp on it, mail it in. Yeah. But what happens if Louisville loses to Miami? I mean, well, they could. The, the door is still open. Let me give you the easiest one first, okay? Well, I don't know. I think Miami's got nothing left in the tank. I but agree. But the easiest one first is Virginia Tech, okay? Okay. So Virginia Tech can still make the no, Virginia Tech can still make the ACC championship game. They are four and two in the league. Virginia Tech has two games left. They play NC State. They play Virginia. If they win both of those games, they would finish six and two. Louisville loses. They're six and two. Virginia Tech lost a head-to-head matchup to Louisville. If it's just Louisville and Virginia Tech, well, obviously Louisville right. wins the tiebreak. Yeah. However, <laughs> if the Tar Heels also finish six and two and those three teams finish six and two. It's crazy. We would then have a three-way tie. And Carolina doesn't play either of them. We would have well, a three-way yeah. tie that mm -hmm. would be broken by common opponents. Mm -hmm. So I put on the yellow pad here, the common opponents for Louisville, Carolina, and Virginia Tech at that point would be state, would be Virginia, and would be Pitt. Louisville's lost Pitt would be the difference in the tiebreak. So Carolina would have a loss to Virginia. Louisville would have a loss to Pitt. Virgi uh, Virginia Tech would have wins over both and would have a better record against common opponents. And Virginia Tech would be in the ACC championship game Oof. against every possible odd. That is the, the, the scenario that I think Jim Phillips wants the least. 
Yes, I think he wants Louisville to take care I of I joked with someone when they <laughs> lost to Marshall. I said, that's so Virginia Tech. Good thing they're not going to end up winning, winning the, the Coastal. Like, right, and then here they are, like, rising again after taking a horrible loss in non-con. Now, the Carolina <laughs> portion of this programming gets a little bit more complicated. Of course, they need a lot more. To, they have yeah. technically not been eliminated. Now, Carolina cannot get in this three-way scenario because of those common opponents. So they need Virginia Tech to lose. So right. if, you're, if you're a Carolina fan, you are yeah. rooting for NC State this week to beat Virginia Tech. Fine. Yeah. So Carolina need, would need to win out and Louisville would lose to Miami. Okay. So now you would be six and two. Louisville would be six and two. I don't see the Louisville thing happening. I know. But now you go through your common opponents and you're like, okay, there will be five of them. You would each have losses. Carolina, Georgia Tech, Virginia. Yeah. Louisville would have Miami and Pitt. So Louisville would have two losses to teams Carolina lost to. Pitt and Carolina, Carolina would have two losses oh, yeah. that, that Louisville lost to. Uh-huh. So how do you break the tie? Well, you go to the fourth, which is you now rank those common opponents. Is that in, the fourth? Or are, you, are we fourth. flipping coins yet? Not yet. Seventh oh. is, is the is the. Oh, my coin. God. Okay. okay. So four <laughs> is how the other teams finish. Okay. And then that basically goes by best win. Okay. Well, if you so look the at the best win of those opponents. Yes. Are you serious? So now if you start looking at those standings. Oh, then it's Pitt. Well, that's the problem. Could it be Pitt or Virginia? They're both, they both have one win right now. So, the, okay. so ultimately it becomes the worst loss. Okay. If, if that makes more sense. Right. It's a process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want, if you are Carolina, you need Virginia to finish ahead of Pitt. And if they do that, you at six and two and Louisville at six and two, you would be in that. the ACC championship game. Obviously, now, that presumes a lot with North Carolina. Yeah, but, but now yes. what happens if Pitt and and Virginia end up with the same record? Well, then you go to number five. Oh, my God. Which is the conference record of your opponents. And this is where Carolina would be saved by playing a more difficult schedule in the league okay. than Louisville did. Remember, Louisville this year did not play Clemson, did not play Florida State. Right. Carolina at least will end up playing Clemson, Clemson. Mm-hmm. right? So there is that. That's all super confusing, but it also explains why on Thursday, Louisville wasn't like, yes, we're headed to Charlotte. We're going to the ACC championship game, no matter what happens against Miami, because that's not true. The second part of this, of course, is, well, why is state eligible? Because NC State finishes with Virginia Tech and Carolina. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's impossible for them to end up in a three-way tie. And the only way to beat Louisville, who they lost to, in a tiebreaker scenario, would be to involve a third team. So the math works out that, yes, Carolina is still alive. Yes, Virginia Tech is still alive. No, NC State not alive. You have all that straight now? I think so. It's How is it more confusing without divisions? <laughs> well, that's I guess because the, there's more scenarios, right? Yes. And there's more options of, of who. And that's what kind of stakes for a team like State, though, really. Because, like, I mean, you're out of divisions and that's what you wanted. But at the same time, like now kind of because of the luck of the scheduling draw. Like it just, you know, it is what it is. I mean, and it's the same with the others, right? Like they could end up with the same record and poor Louisville. Like they didn't make their schedule. I'm sure they would have loved to have made a different conference schedule knowing they'd be good. I don't know. Well, maybe not. No, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, but I, people, I mean, I think I'm, yeah. I'm with you, though. I think yeah. Louisville wins. I think Miami's yeah. done. I, I, they think, just I don't think out Carolina Florida State. wins both of those games remaining either. So, I mean, they could. I just don't think they will. Everybody plays the Super Bowl, Lauren. Well, how many do you get? One. Well, which do you think theirs would be? You think Clemson? I mean, I could see that. What? I, I think Mac beats the Wolves. I don't think so. And walks it We off. disagree. 
I think Mac beats the Wolves and walks it off. No. They don't. They, I, and no. We'll, we'll write it down. How often has the more talented Carolina team on paper, right? One. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's rare. Since like 2005 Since or Mac, so? You'd ha- you have to go back to Mac 1.0. To... Or Fedora. Fedora, yeah. Fedora got good at that by yeah, the Yeah, yeah, he did. Butch Davis didn't do it? No. Like, it... It just doesn't. It, Mac had a couple years, but State was bad. Yeah, the last two games are kind of inexplicable. I'll, I'll I'll give you that, but we'll see what happens. We'll see. Check out Lauren Brownell, that Brownell lady in Young Gun podcast about Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. Lauren, appreciate you sitting in for for of Joel Diaz today. Uh, and again, if you're on the YouTube, subscribe, hit that button, all those good things. Leave a comment. Appreciate everyone out there, and of course, on your favorite podcast platform. Five stars only, positive vibes only. Joe Obvious will be back tomorrow. And then we have episode 100 on Wednesday. Get hype. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.